Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Science Faction. The only show where a scientist, a comedian, and a comedian scientist come together to discuss science. Comedically. Hello, and welcome to Science Faction 623! Science Faction, powered by sweat and the end of forever. That, that is an emo album. Like that, that was that was a My Chemical Romance B side EP. Well, I'm sure we're gonna get into it when we actually get into the story. But I I saw Powered by Sweat, and then knowing that you are my friend, I just saw Dollar Signs. They just pop like, oh man, we're gonna put SDGD out of business. <laughs> powered by Sweat. I know where to go to for this resource. It was, it, it must have been like when people in the Congo first found out that like cobalt was useful. They're like, what? We've got this huge resource the world needs, and we have all of it here. That's why. I felt when I saw something could be powered by sweat, knowing that I knew you. Bobby's not, in many ways, I'm a person of extremes. Like, uh, like I have, I have a insane foot size. I sweat more than any other fucking person I know. Like, yes, but here's how much I sweat for, for fans. Uh, it is actually an impediment to stand up comedy because like, yes. if I'm doing anything where I'm concentrating, whether it's like my wife, I play video games and she's like, why are you pouring sweat? I'm like, I have the highest KD ratio. That's why I'm pouring sweat. Cause your husband's kicking ass. I've watched you eat a slightly spicy burrito and it appears afterwards as if you went swimming. Oh, yeah. That's not even to mention just the fact that I enjoy <laughs> buffalo wings, but it makes it look like I ran a fucking marathon. Like, like yeah. no joke, people. Like, I sweat so much it makes people uncomfortable. I have to actually address it in my stage act because if I don't, it's so fucking distracting for the audience. I have to, like, be like, no, hey, I know you guys think I'm sweating because of you. No, fuck you guys. I really don't care. Um... I'm actually sweating because uh, I like hit a I murdered a guy with my car last night, and this guy in the front <laughs> row looks just like this guy, and I'm just like, "Are you a ghost? Are you a ghost?" Yeah, my uh, my young son has gotten into my my old vintage Spider-Man action figures, and one of them is a Spider-Man villain named Hydro Man, who's actually made completely out of water in the action figure. But uh, my son and I refer to him as the Uncle Damien figure because he could also be perceived as a man who was made completely out of sweat. You know, that's unfortunate because here's the thing. I don't remember ever really fucking sweating much in front of your son. I've been in a pool, which... <laughs> Oh, he knows the legends. <laughs> yeah, because you're sitting there talking trash yeah. about Uncle Damien. Yeah. <laughs> accurate trash. Accurate <laughs> trash is not talking trash. I believe it's referred to as keeping it real. And speaking of the Hydro Man of this show, I, of course, am your host, comedian archaeologist Robert Timothy. With me, as always, is the sweat setter himself, none other than Mr. Damien Mercado. Yes, yes, uh, I... I <laughs> I, I often claim that I have the I'm the I have the world's shittiest mutant power, like because I sweat like an abnormal amount. Like it's clearly yes. like I'm the worst X Men. Like oh man, yes. uh, sweat man, careful if you he's really awkward. Like he's really awkward to touch. He's slippery. Like if you're gonna wrestle him, or still the best Captain Planet team member. Like that still beats the shit out of heart. <laughs> sweat, which is like hustle. Like, <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, dear, and if you want to get even sweatier, go ahead and check out our Patreon. You can look up Robert Timothy on Patreon, where you'll get a whole nother episode every single week. For those of you guys who missed us last week, I'm so sorry. I uh, went ahead and took that son, who was undoubtedly traumatized by hearing about how badly Damien sweated. I uh, I took that son. <laughs> I'm like a fucking Krampus character. Like, yes, careful, yes. Uncle Damien. If you're not good, do not eat your vegetables. And Uncle Damien will come and sweat all over you. <laughs> I, I, I caught him in the mirror in the dark one time saying, sweaty man, sweaty man, sweaty man. <laughs> and then he smelled like a locker room for a week. It was crazy. <laughs> they say after that, your antiperspirant won't work. <laughs> yes, I took the family up to the mountains uh, like to go to a remote cabin. I was like, ah, maybe I'll do a couple of recordings or I'll do something with Damien or, or whatnot. But it turned out it was like literally zero cell phone service, so there was no option to do so. And so, uh, sorry you guys missed a week, but we are back. You know, Bobby, um, for a man who idolized MacGyver... I know that uh -huh. MacGyver wouldn't let a lack of cell phone service stop him from broadcasting a science podcast. I believe that literally he never broadcast a single science podcast across that entire series. So Richard Dean Anderson has a thriving science podcast. <laughs> and if you are looking for a uh, another podcast, we have had I we I we Bobby. I've told you, we have had converts who have said, like, I've never listened to a Dungeons & Dragons podcast. Nor should you. But after Damien plugged Awful Neutral, and I have a job where I am just I need podcasts to listen to, so I was really up against the wall here. Yeah, so what you're saying is, you're going to, to drug addicts who desperately need a fix, and they're like, I'd like some heroin, and you're like, how would you like this stepped-on methadone? No, 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 no. The other way, I'm I, if anything, I'm Oxycontin, and I'm seducing the doctor who's like, just, yeah, I had a knee injury. Uh, so I kind of need to use these painkillers, and then you kind of get hooked on it. Like, wow, this is this is kind of nice. This oh, this awful neutral is kicking ass. No, I I agree. Your show is almost as bad as heroin addiction. <laughs> For those of you who are new to the show, Bobby has um, a moral objection. Like it's ethical in yes. the way that like a yes. uh, like a Catholic priest. Accurate. Uh, hates uh, 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 the, the fact that Planned Parenthood exists. Said nothing you could, nothing you could say. No graph chart. No, will we'll change his mind. But for those of you who are willing to convert and willing to give it a shot, all check us out. Awful Neutral. Uh, it's a it's a live stream Dungeons and Dragons podcast. Plus, we just started a live stream on Twitch. We are it is Master of Dungeons. Every uh, other Sunday at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, we are broadcasting a new episode. We just had our most recent episode, our first episode of the adventure. Every Everybody was introduced. It was a real good time. Check us out. All right. Don't ever do that. And let's move right on to science articles. From molecules to particles, this is science articles. You know what? That's it. Every time you plug the Patreon from now on, I'm even though even though it hurts the show, I will shit on there. Like, don't no, Bobby. Bobby will just send you dick pics. I swear to God. Like I will put my <laughs> hand on the Bible. You will get unsolicited dick pics if you sign up for Patreon, and you don't know they That's don't know. That's only at the highest level. <laughs> uh, don't advertise something I can't back up. All right, article number one, powered by sweat. <laughs> cha ching, cha ching, cha ching. It's not unlike those uh, those uh, suits from Dune that the desert people wear. It just recycles all the water. Like, I, if anything, I, my cup would runneth over. My suit would always be producing a steady flow of cool, refreshing liquid. Yeah, the idea that you could make money off sweat, 
that is one step further than the guy who came up with the pet rock. Like in terms of, man, he really found a way to, to make some, <laughs> to draw some blood out of that rock, you know? <laughs> I'm just printing money over here. <laughs> I'd love to see futures. Like, yeah, I'm, uh, I bought a lot of sweat futures. Uh, it's going to be a sweaty hot year. And that means it's, it's going to be big for sweat futures. Oh, dear. All right. So a very interesting article came out this week that may usher in the future of wearable electronics and power generation. So the paper outlines a really promising power generation technology, and the fuel may be your sweat. So I have to wear this bag suit. This, this, uh, let's, I, I picture it looking like a series of uh, hefty bags taped together, like I'm a wrestler trying to cut weight. Yeah, yeah. Well, in your scenario, you have to wear something other than air to sweat. So I think you, you've already <laughs> exaggerated. <laughs> yeah, if, if this was just a room, like we used to record science faction in like 95 degree heat sometimes. Yes. And scientists, the scientists who would come in would be like, it's hot. Everybody's hot. But yeah. I am melting in front of it. And the scientists would always be disturbed. With, with what, what is happening? Are you okay, Damien? And like Bobby would have My to favorite edit was we would do that. We would, re- we would record at 95 degrees in a studio with no windows and no air, air whatsoever. And one of the guys, Bill, would come over with the heater on in his Honda at 95 degrees because he liked to get a nice sweat going. He would show up with like a moderate, like the kind of sweat you have on TV after you're done working out, like just a little moderate thing going. And Damien... Not in a car, not with a heater, gulping ice water with like a, a bunch of electric fans pointed at his face would look like he just got out of the Nile. In my in my freshman year of college, I was getting hot and heavy with a, with a fellow uh, co-ed. And uh, I was sweating so profusely that some of my sweat, because I was on top as during our heavy petting uh, makeout session... And my sweat dripped onto her face, and it was like the worst moment. It was it would just killed the moment. It's like okay, so we're not doing this anymore. Like like it has cost me more than you could possibly imagine. Oh uh, dear. So how does this technology work? Well, it uses biofilms. Now, biofilms aren't necessarily new. We've had them around for a few years. A biofilm is basically a thin sheet of bacterial cells, which is about the width of a piece of paper. It's not very thick. Christopher Nolan shoots exclusively on biofilms. Yes, he, he refuses to go digital. And by the way, biofilms are natural things too. They can, you know, like form on the surface of ponds and everything like that. But these type of biofilms are usually used with bacteria that are known to naturally generate electricity, uh, especially through a series of connections with one another. Now, we have used this before where you essentially create these paper-thin biofilms that can generate electricity, but the problem is you have to keep these bacteria alive for it to work. So it's not really worth your effort. It takes way more energy to maintain these things and keep them alive than the energy or electricity you get out of the biofilm itself. So it's always been more of like a novelty than anything else. This new biofilm, and the reason this is such a big deal is this biofilm is actually made of dead bacteria. So you don't have to keep it alive. It is basically a self-generating power source that you could wear like a shirt. So we've used like bacteria zombies to attack yes. as power dead bacteria. Factors. Exactly. Yeah, and 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 so this new biofilm, I'll give I'll read a quote from the article here. It makes energy from the moisture on your skin. Though we read daily stories about solar power, at least 50% of the solar energy reaching the Earth goes towards evaporating water, which makes this a huge untapped source of energy. 
What makes this cell work is a species of bacteria called G. sulfuredusens, which grows in colonies that looks like these thin mats. Each of the individual microbes connects to its neighbor through a series of natural nanowires. The team then harvests these mats and use a laser to etch small circuits into the films. Once the films are etched, they're sandwiched between the electrodes and finally sealed in a, in a soft, sticky, breathable polymer that you apply directly to your skin. Once this tiny battery is plugged in by applying it to your body, it can now power small devices. And the reason it can is because it uses the differential of water, i.e. sweat, on one side to another. And the evaporation of that water, so in a way you can almost think of this as a, a form of solar panel, it, the evaporation of that water then causes this electrical effect. So your sweat or the evaporation of that sweat literally becomes the power source for this. Not just a battery like it can be charged up, it becomes the actual source of electricity. And you can imagine a lot of things from wearable electronics to, you know, like you could have LED shirts that change color and stuff. And normally when we're talking about this, like we've talked about a lot of these kind of odd power sources before, whether it's the type you can you can absorb power from Wi-Fi signals and that kind of stuff. You're usually talking about tiny amounts of power, like enough to do very, very small things. This is actually a fairly significant amount of power. Just walking around with the current technology as it is would produce about the same as like a AA battery, which is one and a half volts, which is pretty significant. Like you're one fourth the way to powering a Game Boy. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, and, and so the idea that you would be able to like generate electricity as you walk around, I mean, this could feasibly do things like charge up your phone, uh, power devices that you had on or around you, allow you to get out emergency signals. Like there seems to be really usable applications to something like this. Could it like uh, charge the uh, Segway that I'm riding? No. Okay. No, it cannot. Wait, wait, no, your average part. You're saying I couldn't do that, Bobby? You're saying I Ooh, couldn't? Ooh, good point. Yeah, I forgot that we had the Hoover Dam of sweat <laughs> electricity over here. Listen, I have energy. Listen, engineers, get on it. I'm here. I'm willing to participate in the experiment. I just, I imagine that somewhere there's like just a Japanese scientist who's incredibly intrigued, but equally as disgusted by you. Like, <laughs> they're like, because we've talked about this before. Channeling that, American barbarian sweat into yeah. pure energy. <laughs> like, we, we make jokes sometimes about how much cleaner Japan is than the United States. But, in, but literally, genetically, East Asians tend to have a different gene that means that they don't have waxy earwax nor do they have like the BO smell in, or as much of it, I guess, in, in their sweat. And so like, from our perspective looking over, we're like, oh my gosh, that, how nice would that be not to have earwax and BO smell? But think of it from the other perspective and it becomes terrifying. Like, you're like, oh, I'm just around these other people who are normal human beings like me who don't have weird earwax or BO smell. And then I go to the land of the fucking barbarians where everybody smells horrible and has clunky globs of nasty shit falling out of the goddamn ears. They smell horrible, not just because they don't bathe, and they don't bathe. Let me assure they you, don't they bathe. do not bathe. But the sweat that they do sweat, and they sweat, let me assure you, yeah, they sweat, actually smells terrible. Like, unlike us, like, hey, you know, like, hey, we work hard, we play hard. Yeah, when I found that out about the, the sweat thing, 
I had that same feeling you have if you're ever traveling in Europe and there are loud, obnoxious Americans on the same train as you are. And you're like, oh, man, why am I associated with these guys? I'm just so embarrassed about my country and like what we do and how we are. I felt that exact way when I read that article and I realized, oh, my God, we are fucking animals in the eyes of East Asians. You know, like like I've heard, like uh, if you're a if you're a uh, uh, somebody who's even half Japanese, like half your 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 father was a serviceman or whatever. If you grew up in Japan, there's a lot of uh, of racism against you. But you know, you're not real Japanese. You're not you know sure. you're. And I, maybe that maybe that like, the want to keep that is, they're trying to keep the smell gene off yeah. of off the island. Like listen, people can visit and we will tolerate you on subways and be polite, but do not infect our people with your stink gene. Our emperor isolated these islands for hundreds of years to keep your earwax stink gene out of here. And we're not going to let you have it now. I respect I respect the efficiency. I respect their tough but fair. Listen, we will be polite, but we will let you know that we that your earwax and, and, and uh, odor gene are not welcome here in the most polite way possible. I'm going to start referring to times in which uh, European powers started colonizing parts of Southeast Asia as uh, bio-colonialism. <laughs> yes, once we establish our stink gene overseas, we, the Western powers, we will be unstoppable. <laughs> so, obviously, once we get this technology running, we could do things like wearables. You could do things like always have a charger for your, your phone or something like this. Like, this isn't going to produce massive amounts of electricity, like the kind you need for, like, an electric bike or an electric car or anything like that. But our lives are more and more dominated by small pieces of electricity that do things like this. Even things like Apple AirTags and stuff that, you know, either use passive electricity or a charge up. Or we have a lot of needs for things that have power sources, even small amounts of power over time that are hard to otherwise get batteries to. This could even be a, a counterpoint to something like solar, where you have solar things going on at night, but then part of those solar cells will undoubtedly get condensation and water on them. And if you had an integrated technology, you could also produce some minimal amount of power using that. That might do something like wash the solar cells or something along those lines. Whereas otherwise you would have to get somebody out there. I could get LED lights in my grill. Yes. Hot stuff. The LED lights in the grill or think about things like remote cameras, like even like a remote camera. If you had a water differential, which most places will with some kind of precipitation, some kind of something, you could probably generate some kind of water differential. I mean, a remote camera in, in places where you can't otherwise run electricity to and that might not have like enough solar power or sunlight to produce solar power the whole time. Like there's really useful things if you have random abilities to produce power with kind of what's around you. Trying to think of how this tech, because for every good side, there's a down, there's a, there's a, a potential for evil for this technology. Like, like if I'm, could I use this technology to sneak a bomb in my shoes past, uh, past TSA and, uh, use the bioelectricity to set it off? No, you cannot. Fair enough. Okay. That's you in this round. On to article number two, how to get rid of forever. Uh, how to get rid of forever? That's that you're sounding like uh, like the things I say to myself when I'm depressed and drinking. Man, how do you get rid of forever, man? Like this sounds like a deep, <laughs> depressing thought. What's the sound of one drunk crying? <laughs> Please turn off your phone, sir. I don't want to see this later. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear so this article is actually talking about forever chemicals also known as pfas uh, and i'll quote you directly from the article here so pfas PFAS. contain us 
Yeah, they're a string of carbon atoms attached to fluorine atoms, which bind so tightly to one another that they're nearly impossible to break apart. The compounds repel oil and water and can withstand friction and high temperatures, making them wildly popular in industry. They accumulate in soils, water supplies, and even in living tissue. In the United States alone, there are nearly 3,000 PFAS contaminated sites, from landfills to rivers and groundwater supplies. Numerous studies have shown they are toxic in minute quantities. The compounds have been implicated in kidney and liver cancer, thyroid disease, decreased immune response, and infant and fetal growth problems. All right, end quote. So they are used in a bunch of industry stuff from like nonstick coating on pots and pans to machinery to fire foams like the stuff that puts out fire that they drop on like wildfires and stuff a lot of these have pfas in it and the whole point is these are incredibly strong molecules they're designed to take heat and not break down that kind of stuff but the problem with that is they then don't naturally break down when they're done using them and they just kind of go into the environment and get reabsorbed and then become problems later on because it turns out that they can cause issues to human health. So they have become increasingly something we have talked about and becoming, uh, they're kind of like the new boogeyman, kind of like microplastics were, you know, microplastics were bad and we were talking about how they were everywhere. Similar, PFAS are kind of similar. We know that they're bad. We are finding more and more that they can do more and more damage and they're showing up in more and more places, including things like rainwater. Water, by the way so like you can't even get away from them when you're getting something that is supposedly distilled and pure you know yeah mark ruffalo you know like one of those hollywood liberals who doesn't keep to yeah. himself put out a movie about this uh, like i think that like no cost like funded it and it was about him holding trying to hold du dupont chemical accountable yeah. for, uh, apparently they were one of the big uh, uh companies in charge of uh basically putting pfas in every one of our bodies yeah <laughs> And like, to be fair, that's the person you would want to do it because you don't want to get Mark Ruffalo angry. <laughs> that's America's ass. No, wait, that's a different one. Damn. Yes. Yes. And so up till now, we've been noticing these are a problem. Like you said, we've been noticing the contamination can cause problems. And so we started remediating them. Well, how do you remediate something that's super fucking strong? The only way is to incinerate it, which takes incredibly high heats and making incredibly high heats takes a lot of energy. So... It takes a lot of energy to deal with the byproducts, to deal with these PFAS. And because of that, most of them don't get deal dealt with. Sometimes we filter them out of things like water before we let that water back in. But then we just put this into a landfill. And frankly, they leach back out. And because they're forever chemicals, no matter how long we leave them in there, they will still leach back out eventually. So hence is the problem. However, a new paper came out this week that gave us a lot of hope because it turns out that these super strong molecules can actually be broken down using a magic ingredient called soap. That's an interesting point, Bobby. I, I, that, that's, that's a very convenient solution. That's great. Um, but I want to go back to your uh, Hulk comments earlier. Yes. Um, I, I think I wanted to establish that I would totally bang uh, and totally would with the She-Hulk. And I know there's a lot of guys out there who are very insecure about having a woman mm. that could that would break them, that was bigger yes. than them, that could intimidate them. But I'm saying sure. that's not a problem. I could get past that and bang She-Hulk. And keep in mind, I would do that uh, risking severe bodily injury uh, severe. During, this, during this coitus. Yeah. Even if she wasn't trying to, like the wrong orgasm flex and, mm. and you're gone. Yeah. I just, I just want to say, like, uh, if, if, you're a, if you're a big, buff, beautiful woman... So that's the saying. That's the BBW. Yes. If you're a big, buff, beautiful yes. woman, uh, don't don't be afraid to show that off. Don't be afraid to crush me with your thighs, ladies. Don't be afraid. China impersonators, anybody, feel free to write into the show. 
<laughs> this is Damien trying to be woke. Listen, I'm just saying, I'm open to a lot of things. I'd bang China. Yeah, I mean, that's just, that's just, that's, I mean, she's, she's dead, but, you yeah. know. <laughs> Sans. What, am I better than Hulk Hogan? What, am I better than that? He made China when she was dead? Surprisingly, no, Damien. You're not no, better than Hulk Hogan. And I know where the bar is on that, on Hulk Hogan. Thick-ass bar, too. <laughs> so what this, what this new paper suggests is that we can actually get rid of it with a common solvent. So here's another quote. Two years ago, researchers in the U.S. EPA hit on a better approach by chance when they placed PFAS compounds in a common solvent called DMSO. As part of a toxicity study, PFAS compa- the PFAS compound began to degrade. This new study builds on that work. One combined a little bit of solvent with sodium hydroxide, a common component of soap in water. When the teams heated the mix to a boiling temperature, it really degraded one of the largest subset of PFAS compounds, one that makes about 40%, by the way, of all PFAS. We think that the PFAS compounds in question, which were the firefighting ones, contain a chemical group called carbolic acid, which is a small cluster of carbon, oxygen, and hydrogen atoms. Again, still quoting, computer calculations by colleagues at the University of California, Los Angeles revealed DMSO knocks off the carbolic acid group. Once that happens, it causes the entire molecule to fall apart in a cascade of reactions. So it's like it, it knocks the domino off that keeps this really strong molecule into the, uh, being very strong. And then it gets to be broken down into basically fluorine ions and a mixture of harmless, naturally occurring carbon and oxygen containing byproducts that don't cause any of the problems that PFAS does. This is fantastic news. Even though we got to get it to boiling point, even though there's energy and there's, you know, soap and everything, that is still so much lower energy than we are talking about when we talk about PFAS incineration. It suddenly becomes very realistic to treat and mitigate PFAS in the environment in in times where it just wasn't. Like, it just, it frankly was not realistic. It's kind of like what we did with nuclear waste, where we're like, we have no real way to deal anything with this. We just got to put it away from everybody else. Like that was our only option up till now with PFAS, if we weren't going to spend all the energy to incinerate it. But now it looks like we have a really feasible way of treating this in the environment. I I mean, no joke. uh, Does that, you know, a lot of these, uh, so when the PFAS is used in the environment, the the heat of the forest fires does not incinerate them. No, no. And I'm sure somewhere it would, somewhere there's hot enough heat in the whatever, but it's doubtful that that heat is inside the pond that mm. contains the chemicals. And how would how would one go about cleansing an area that was sprayed with these chemicals? Like just a guy with the power guys with power washers and the soap and water solution just spraying the ground and everything. Well, or? again, you still have to you have to boil it, you have to get it hot and stuff. So no, you like would steamer, uptake it a in. Steamer, I gotcha. Yeah. You would uptake it in and output out harmless chemicals so you would have you would basically have like a carpet steamer yeah that you inputted water into steamed it up and then shot it out the other end the difference being that we couldn't do that before like you had to take stuff to a specialized incineration facility to get this done it was a way bigger deal this type of stuff feasibly could be done in the field as opposed to we need to take all this stuff up decam decontaminate it with a huge amount of energy be nice if we could pay for this uh you know with the uh the mega corporations that did like if 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 there was a champion, Bobby, a science champion who ran for office, Bobby, that's right. I'm saying you should announce your candidacy where you're going to hold DuPont responsible for cleaning up this PFAS. You know what? You know what, Damien? You've inspired me. I am going to do that. I am running 
as of right now for president of the United States. And I promise to hold Mark Ruffalo accountable for the PFAS <laughs> that he has put in this environment. No more does he get to go around hulking like a madman and throwing PFAS left and right to make the rest of our lives miserable. No, sir, Mr. Ruffalo. <laughs> I'm coming for you. A part of me wants to see what happens when you make the Hulk mad. But another part of me wants to really meet She-Hulk when she arrives at yes. the scene. Like, like I want to spit some game at She-Hulk, see what happens. Sweetie, she's uh, she's my one. I put her down as my one, sweetie. It's me talking to my wife now. Like I, I said, She-Hulk shows up. That's my one. I'm catching in. Uh, I'm already. I'm just excited about all the the bad pun headlines that will come from my Mark Ruffalo beef. Like I, I imagine one is. Uh, Local science podcaster decides to ruffalo some feathers. That's, I, God, damn it. And, and, and you're the editor, so it's probably going to stay in. And so this, this, <laughs> judging by how you're laughing, this is, this is going to remain part of the podcast. And I say that as a guy who spent more than five minutes talking about how he would totally bang She-Hulk. I know though I know how this sounds. It's going to remain in. You can, you can count on that as a P fact. <laughs> God damn it. Strike two. I will walk. I will fucking walk. <laughs> it's really trying, reaching for that third one right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was just thinking about something else Mark Ruffalo was in, and ironically, I do think he's actually in the movie about the DuPont wrestler, the Foxcatcher movie. I think he actually plays... One of the coaches or something. Yeah, I think he plays a pretty famous wrestler. So I don't know how I could wrap that back around. I, you think they're pissed at him? They're like, hey, we hung out for a while. Like, do, that was about DuPont, right? Like, yeah, that yeah, was about yeah, but that. it was not a, neither movie was a positive take on DuPont. Like, it wasn't like, uh, like it wasn't like, hey, this member of the, I think you stopped halfway through the movie when, like, the uh, DuPont yeah, member. I didn't, I didn't watch really... it or anything, but it had Steve Carell in it. I imagine it was hilarious. <laughs> he played the guy who murdered a wrestler. Because he came insane with power. He was a billionaire kid who needed a project. Hold on, are you thinking about Criminal Mike? Yes, it was. He's, if you, you could talk to him, this DuPont child now, if the Dementors will let him. Uh dear. All right, thank you, audience, for coming back for Science Faction 623, where you learned all about how our future might be powered by sweat and how to get rid of forever. Thank you so much for joining us, and come on back next week for Science Faction 624. Hey, yeah, I'm prison Damien. Don't go to jail, because then the skinheads will rape you. You've been listening to Science Fiction. Wait, that's not right. <laughs> <laughs>